Hey guys, this is John Karabi, and you are listening to Alive and Loud. Turn it up and keep it loud. All right, so welcome to the show. Today, we've got John Karabi on here, who I am really excited to talk about. Um, John, you don't even know this yet, but you were the very first uh, vocalist I ever saw perform live back in my teenage years. Um, so we've got some, some history as a fan, that is. Um, and, and where might that have happened? So that was Darien Lake in Western New York here, uh, oh. 1994 on the cruise. I remember the show well. <laughs> I, I'm counting on it because I remember a story from that show and uh, I'm, I'm guessing you remember it too. I'm, I, I, I'm guessing and, and not only remember it, I can probably expand on it, which is very it's kind of funny. Well, why don't we just start there? So I remember this piece from, from a, a fan's perspective. This is my very first concert. You know, I just finished up eighth grade going, going into high school I'm with my friends seeing Motley Crue for the first time. John's, John's uh, fronting the band. They were along with uh, Typo Negative and King's X. And we're watching, uh, we're watching Crue. And I can't really tell exactly what's going on, but it looks like, looks like somebody in the crowd's just, just harassing, heckling, giving, giving you a hard time. And, uh, and then next thing I know, Nikki jumps in the crowd. Tell me what happened here. Actually, it was funny. Um, you got most of that right. Um, there was a guy sitting in the, and, and this is how funny the world works. There was a guy in the front that was holding up a sign and he was razzing the band because Vince wasn't there. Um, he was wearing a Vince Neil exposed t-shirt and, um, he's razzing the band and you know what? It's like, I, I was kind of okay with it. But then he, it was weird. Like then it, it started, he elevated it from yelling shit, holding up a sign to not so much me, but every time Nikki kind of walked by him, whatever, he'd flip him off. And then it elevated the, the last and final time Nikki walked by him and he was right, right in the front and he spit on Nikki. And I, at that point, I'm like, fuck this. I've had enough of it. I took my guitar off. I jumped into the crowd and I'm sitting there and I'm going, dude, what is your fucking problem? And the guy's like in my face and he goes, fuck you. You're an idiot. You know, you're not Motley Crue. And I go very calmly. I just said, so I'm an idiot. You just spent 40 bucks to come here and tell me that I'm an idiot. Who's the idiot? Get the fuck out. And I had security escort the guy out. And unfortunately, if you remember, a lot of the fans were taking swings at the guy as he was being escorted out of the venue, which I really didn't want. I didn't yeah. want it to come to blows. And then I was feeling a little full of myself. I jumped back on stage and I was just like, the guys tell me, you know, I told the story, boom. And so we're done now. 
like we move on, we go to the thing. Years later, I'm in a band called Union, and we were out doing a promo tour, Bruce Kulick and myself, and we went to a record store in Florida. And uh, I've got a you know interview to do. I'm in the record store. We're doing a signing, and out and this guy says, "Hey, I'm supposed to do an interview with you." And I go, "Okay, cool." And I'm smoking a cigarette, and and the guy goes, he's looking at me, and he goes, "You don't remember me, do you?" And I go, "I'm sorry, dude. I not a fucking clue." And he goes. Do you remember you did a show with Motley at Darien Lake in the amphitheater? And he goes, there was a guy that was heckling the band. And I said, yeah, I totally, yeah, yeah, I totally remember that. He goes, just want to say it right now, totally sorry. I was being an asshole. It was him. Oh, wow. And he apologized to me. And I said, yeah, dude. Like, I'm sorry, too. I got a little heated. Um, and I just told him, I said, listen, man, I, I would have let the whole thing go. The minute you spit on Nikki, who at the time I considered my friend. Yeah. Um, I just said, you know what? Fuck you. Like, you, you don't treat my friends like that. And I didn't mean for him because he, he got clocked a couple times as the security was walking him up the aisle. Yeah, I'm sure. And I really didn't mean for that to happen. I just was like, dude, I'm sick of this bullshit. You have to remember, too, I kind of dealt with a lot of that shit through the whole tour. Oh, yeah. And I, I tried to keep it. I tried to keep my cool, you know, but like I said, the minute he spit on Nikki and connect and I was like, man, I'm not. F fuck you. And I lost it. Yeah. So I apologized to him. He apologized to me. We had a great interview. And then we went. He went left, I went right, and that was it. But that that that's uh, it's it's a funny story. And ten to boot, to meet the guy in Florida like three or four years later, and now he's interviewing me yeah. for the record. I'm like, this is that is, this is weird, man. The world is too weird. Yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah, that stuck with me, man. I mean, again, I'm I'm 14 back then watching that, so it was it was cool. I was cool. I was like, this is rock and roll, you know. Um, but here we are uh, a few years later. <laughs> many, many years later, my friend. Many. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're not 14 anymore. No, no, you buddy. I'm not. It's all right, though. It's all right. But um, so speaking of union, I want to I want to cross this one off quickly here, too, because there was there was a, a little activity several months ago. It looked like looked like those albums were uh, being teased to be reissued on uh, on uh, vinyl. And, and then I, it seems to have kind of disappeared is there is that something that's going on or no it's it's still happening it's okay. definitely going to happen but you got to understand like i i didn't even realize this either but um there's been twofold two reasons why you know vinyl kind of disappeared it was like for the longest time it was cds right you know all this other stuff and then all of a sudden now, the last couple of years, three, four, five years, like this whole vinyl resurgence has come about. So now everybody wants to do vinyl. Well, all these companies that did that, 
they literally had to go back now and pull the curtains off the machines and clean them up and blow the dust off them. So literally to get vinyl made, you're literally talking about seven, eight months to a year back orders. It's just blown up again. Um, so, you know, we put that out there with the intention that we were, you know, the union stuff. And it's not even really the band. There's, it's a, a third party that's doing the, the records, but we're on board with it. Yeah. We just want to see the fans get their, you know, uh, some records. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. Like we put it out there and then it's like, oh shit, like oh, nine months. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know All I mean? right. So it's coming. Be patient. The minute um, they start doing pre-orders or any sort of ordering, believe me, all of us will have it on our websites. Oh, that's great. Um, and, you know, so they're going to do both records. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's awesome. And the Blue Room. And speaking of that, so so a, a little bit of that that social media presence that was kind of buzzing around that several months ago, um, that was coming from several different directions, including the the union website. Is there is there anything there, or just using that to kind of promote the the upcoming reissue? Or it's it's a, it's another record label that's doing it. Um, they reached out to us and asked for our blessings. Uh, you know, did we have any photos? anything they could do to help with the packaging. Um, you know, so we're like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, all of this stuff, like the scream record you have on the wall back there and, yeah. you know, whatever Hollywood records, th those record labels own the masters. Um, you know, for lack of a better term, they're going to continue to, you know, give it to the band. Um, they, they won't put it out but they won't give it to the band to put out. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's like this weird bullshit record label mentality. Um, so what they do is they license it out to these other record labels and they say, okay, you can do vinyl, but you can only do this amount, like 300 or 500 or whatever the number is. So a third party labels putting the record out, they asked us for a blessing and Brent, Jamie, Bruce, and I are just trying to help promote it. So they sell it. And, you know, like, it, to be honest, I don't think the union stuff is out on vinyl at all. No. So we're just giving the fans an opportunity, even if it's a small grab, you know, here's an opportunity, grab it while you can. Don't know when it's going to happen again, kind of a deal. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, if it's anything like the Scream record there, I got lucky. That that thing was sold out in a couple hours. Surprisingly, but that was the same thing. Like, you know, this Lindsley Records um, had to contact this guy who had to contact that guy. And, you know, and they basically did, I think, in the, you know, the end result was maybe 450, 500 records. Yep. But it was crazy. Like he called me, he goes, dude, initially they were going to do 300. That's right. And he goes, okay, we're taking pre-orders now. So I put it on my site. He put it on the Lindsley site. And again, you know, none of the scream guys are making any money off of this. This is, you know, it's just a, like, I personally, I'm getting tired of, 
fucking fans going, dude, check this out. They're sending me eBay links for, you know, CDs or vinyl or whatever, where it's like three, four, 500 bucks for a copy. Yeah. You know, so I just, you know, honestly, I would just like it if one of the record labels would just put it on fucking iTunes so that people could download it. Yeah. Make it available. Yeah. There's, you know, there's not a huge market of people that want it, but just for fuck's sake, make it available. Yeah. So we were like, I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever I can do to help. But the guy called me, he goes, dude, we just sold out 300 fucking records in like 45 minutes. Yep. And I was like, wow. So he's asking me, he goes, hey, do you mind if I do another? I go, I got nothing to do with this. You're going to have to contact the label that actually owns the shit. Owns it. Yeah. And he did, and he got permission to do like another 150 or 200, whatever. Yep. And again, he called me right back. He goes, all right, that fucking batch sold in, you know, 40 minutes as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it's crazy, but. You know, I just, it drives me nuts when I see these eBay records. Um, you know, there was a reissue of The Scream on CD in 2000 by yeah. Spitfire Records. And I was seeing those versions go for $187 unsigned, not yeah. the original version, just just a copy of it. Yep. And yeah. I'm like, I, I so I've been pleading with the record label. I don't even give a shit if you do vinyl or CD, whatever. Put it on iTunes so people can download the fucking record. Yep. That's it. I don't care. You know, at the end of the day, Juan Alderetti, I mean, unfortunately, Walt Woodward, the drummer from The Scream, he passed away like seven or eight years ago. And Juan, Bruce, and myself, we're not going to see a penny from it. So I just want it available mm -hmm. to the fans. If you're going to buy it, here it is for the whole record. You can download it for eight or $9 instead of 187 mm. from a fucking record that came out. It's, you know, that was just a disaster, <laughs> whatever. So <laughs> it's just, it, it amazes me the mentality of record labels. So all of these records, the, the Motley record is difficult to find the scream. Yeah. All the union shit. And it's like, they won't put it out, but they won't give it to the artist to put out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I, I can't add it on iTunes or anything like that. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. Oh. Whatever. You like, kind of hands are tied. That crew one's annoying because, you know, uh, it's a great, it's a great record. You, you've heard that from everybody, I'm sure. And, and I'm really glad to have the, uh, the live one uh, off to the side here as well that you, you, I finally got a pressing of that that you put out too, the nice splatter vinyl. Um, but they, they seem to be, anytime they're reissuing their catalog, they seem to be pretty much ignoring everything after Dr. Feelgood. So, I mean, I don't know what that says, but, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I might have to go chase, uh, you know, uh, an expensive version of it someday, but I've yet to do it. No, it's, you know what, honestly, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on with Motley and in no disrespect, nor do I care. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, it's part of their catalog. Yeah. Uh, you know, embrace it. But, you know, whoever is advising them to 
bury that whole time frame or not just me, the Randy Castillo years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, whoever's advising them to do that is also advise them on, you know, putting the most pathetic performance of my time in Motley in the dirt. So uh, whatever. Um, it is what it is. You know, yeah. you're, you know, I, I give up. I wash my hands. I washed my hands a long time ago. Um, but that's a whole other part of this interview. I'm sure we're going to touch base on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hit on it a little bit. I want to focus a little bit on the here and now too. So we're getting some dribs and drabs of it throughout, but um, um, we, uh, before we kicked off, we talked about, looks like you're going to have a, a book coming out next spring. Um, horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, yeah. that, that just, that information just came out this morning. It sounds like that's, uh, that's how you found out about the release date yourself, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I still have to check. I don't know how much truth is in that. Um, but you know what they say, if it's on the internet, it's true. Gotta be. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't know. Like there was an actual date though, like April 12th or some shit. And I'm going, whoa, news to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just kind of one of the authors. No idea. Yeah. But, um, you know, that wasn't the only news I found out this morning. Apparently I've been, I've been rehearsing with Motley Crue for the last couple of months. That's exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I'm like, Jesus. The, the, the story's never seen, it, it's funny, I guess a week or so ago, there was an article, and, and it's funny because every time one of these articles come out, my emails blow up. Dude, is there any truth to this? But also my hate mail also blows up, which oh, is God. what is annoying to me. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it's weird, like I just sit there and I go, all right, so a, a, a week or two ago, Vince did some... I don't even know what it was, some festival. And apparently some fans were disappointed in his performance. And somebody said that they're demanding to get John Karabi back to go on tour with them. And I'm like, I just sit there and I shake my head. Then the following, you know, three or four days later, there's an article, Nikki Six you know, uh, threatens Vince Neil or demands Vince Neil lose 50 pounds or they're getting John Karabi back. And, and, and again, like every time one of these comes out, my emails blow up. Yep. And then, and then I start getting those fucking emails like you're a fucking loser. You shouldn't have been in Motley anyway. You suck. Vince is the king. And I'm like, okay. And then this morning I get up and I get, it's, it's hilarious, but this is on my newsfeed. I had about 50 emails with this on there. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yep. Motley crew holds rehearsals. rehearsals with John Karabi, Vince Neal to be outed. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I, I just, I did a retort. I put it to bed over yeah. an hour and like, don't buy into the clickbait folks. It's yeah. just total bullshit. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I bought that shirt. 
It doesn't fit me anymore. I'm, I'm older. I'm fatter. It doesn't fit. Moving right along. Yeah. Next. Whatever. It is yeah. what it is. No, I hear you, man. You know, I, 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 God, I don't know. I, I'm definitely in that camp where, you know, I, I've got a real, real soft spot for that. I love that record so much, but at the same time, right. I, I have it on CD. I can listen to it. I've got your live version of it over here. And that seems like the closest we're going to get in, in all uh, likelihood. And, 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 and you know, what's funny. It's just like, I wouldn't mind, you know, okay. Like if I just woke up this morning and there was a bunch of, Hey dude, is this true? I just, whatever. I wouldn't even respond to it. But the thing that irritates the shit out of me is that as those emails go up, in volume mm-hmm. so do the other ones yeah and it's just like you know these fuckers that just sit there and they go you know or, or i'll put some new music out or uh well somebody will ask me a question about motley crew related and i'll respond to it honestly and then all these outlets run with it they edit it they kind of figure out how to make it sound as whatever biting as ever and they p- throw it out there and then all these people write to me or they comment on there and they go, oh, whatever. That guy's a fucking loser. What has he done since Motley anyway? Do you know what I mean? Fuck that guy. Or I've had people write to me. Fuck you, dude. You're a loser. And I'm like, God, like, <laughs> and I, I wrote to this one guy. He, he just went off. And I finally wrote an email to him and I just said, hey, buddy, let me just let me put this into perspective for you. You're in a band, good band, but all of a sudden, one of the biggest bands in the world calls you and and offers you a life-changing opportunity. What would you do? Damn right you'd take it. And and he wrote back, oddly enough, and he said. I never looked at it that way. Well, duh, you know, come on, dude, before you, before you insult somebody or attack somebody, put yourself in their shoes for a minute. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and look at what the fuck the deal is. It's, it's, it's just crazy to me. Like how, and, and, and the craziest thing is um, in next year, 2022 will literally be 30 fucking years ago. I joined Motley. I was in the band for almost five years and then I was, I've been out. So for 25 years, I haven't been in that band and you're still talking about it. Yeah. Like obviously had an impact. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. I'm like, come on guys. I left the band 25 fucking years ago. Yep. Let it go. I have. Yeah. And it's funny too, John, because you know, uh, from, from my perspective, it's, it's kind of wild because like for me, like those high school years, um, a lot of my favorite bands were in a fairly similar situation. Right. So we had you in with crew. We had, uh, Bruce was out of iron maiden, right. We had blaze Bailey taking over for a few albums there. Right. Halford was out of priest, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, um, and sure everything kind of went back the way it was eventually too. But, um, but th- there's a lot of factors in there, none of which are 
the guy that stepped in. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like like you said, this is a, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. How are you going to say no to that? Mind you, had had and 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 this is the thing that I really want people to understand is like now if I would have been rehearsing with the band before they told Vince, then yeah, I could see them being upset with me. Right. But that wasn't the case. I like I had no idea, just like everybody else what was going on with Motley Crue and they just called and they told me Vince is out. We'd like you to come down and jam with us. And I was just sitting there as puzzled as anybody going, wait, is this fucking for real? You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. And and it worked out the way it worked out. Yep. No, you know what? And and I I don't, and I don't want to beat that one because everybody asks you about that, but you know what I mean? So uh, the last, the last thing I'll say on it, that the thing that I think I loved so much though, at least was what, what you brought to it was not an imitation of Vince Neil at his peak or anything like that. It was a very, very different sound. And I think that's why, um, it's probably why a lot of people don't like it, but I think that's the reason a lot of people really, really loved it so much was it, it just completely revolutionized the sound of that band too. So and and you know what? It was something it wasn't like I came in and said, All right, well, you want me? Here's how we're gonna do things. Right. It was just four guys. Um, you know, I know the song Misunderstood's been thrown around in some conversations that that was the song that broke Vince's back, and he said, Well, fuck, I don't like this. But when I went into it, all they really had was that acoustic beginning. Yep. Um so every step of the way, it was just four guys who loved old Zeppelin, old Aerosmith, Cheap Trick, you know, Queen, the Beatles, like just four guys with the same kind of influences for the most part, sitting in a room, jamming together, smoking yeah. weed, bullshitting, and just jamming. Yep. And things just came together the way that they came together on that record. Yeah. But um, it, it was, you know, it, it was what it was, man. I, you know, I, I'm, it's not like I'm saying I don't, I don't want to talk about it or I don't want to whatever, but it's just the, the magnitude of the rehashing yeah. is just mind boggling sometimes. Yeah, I go. I mean, really, truly, nobody really realizes that, you know, there was three records I was involved in the Motley self-titled what became Quaternary and then Generation Swine. Yep. Um, I'm proud of all that work. But for fuck's sake, kids, it was really, truly the one record, the self-titled one that was 30, almost 30 fucking years ago let it go <laughs> like, here it is <laughs> let it go dude yep yep awesome very good well let's get let's get back to what's current here too uh costa bella came out last week yep you know um my understanding is that that was uh initially that was sort of a, a song idea from uh from when you were with the dead daisies um am i right about that so far you kicked that around and and uh and that's now that's a that's a current thing so we just just put that together and released it a week ago yeah well 
It was, so prior to um, the Burn It Down record, Marty and I, because we both lived here in Nashville, um, I knew Marty was producing the record, so I just called him and said, hey, dude, you want to get together, maybe do some pre-writing to the writing sessions? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, sure. You know, so we got together and I had the idea, um, played it for him. And Marty wasn't real crazy about the chorus, nor was I, the original chorus I had. So we played around with it and we put it on tape. It's when I say tape, like the phone, a phone recording. Yeah. And um, so when the Daisies eventually, we, we went up to New York to write for the record. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let me throw this idea out there. I had a few mm -hmm. and I, I threw it out there and they kind of didn't, they were like, no, nah, I don't think it really fits our format. So I, I just put it to bed. So then 2020, I, I contacted Marty again. I said, Hey dude, like, you know, um, love to have you produce some stuff with me or for me, you know, are you into it? He said, yeah. So we looked at that idea and I told him, I said, I really, I'm just really hearing a Penny Lane meets mm -hmm. Killer Queen kind of thing. And he got it. Now, the funny thing of it is, I have it right here on my phone. I don't know if you can see that. See where it says ACDC Beatles. Yeah. So that's the original idea. Um, and we say, we call it ACDC Beatles because when I, like I said, I played the initial idea for M Marty. He was like, yeah, I dig it. He goes, but I think you should, you should approach it, make it a little wordier in the verses. And I was like, what are you talking about? He, and so we're sitting there and he goes, you know what I mean? He goes like, she was a fast machine. She kept a motor clean. She was a bad. Uh, he goes like, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Okay, cool. So we sat down and, you know, we kind of came up with this little thing. I don't know if you can hear it. But you know what I mean? So we just kind of threw it together. That's awesome. I played it for the daisies. And then so, you know, they passed. I got home and I looked at it and I said, man, I really want to do something musical. I want to go back to the late sixties, early seventies, like when bands weren't afraid to experiment or step out of their wheelhouse a little bit. And he was all about it. So I said, Penny Lane, killer queen. Now I sat here at my home studio, nothing extravagant. I kind of took some lessons during COVID on how to use pro tools. And I laid it down the best that I could, how I was hearing it in my head. I put piano on it, harpsichord, acoustic guitar, electric guitar. I did the solos. We did the vocals. And then I forwarded it to Marty and asked him to, you know, make it, make it awesome. That's awesome. And that's, that's what awesome. we came up with. Well, that's been fun. I'm sure that's worked its way into your live sets now. You've been playing some shows around, right? No. Not yet? 
no, it's it's weird, man. It's like I'm kind of panicking a little bit. Like every time I get a run of shows, yeah, something happens, and they're like, you know, I was supposed to go to Mexico and do like five, six, seven shows, mm -hmm. and I think of the seven shows, five of those cities went into lockdown again. Oh, right. Postponed. And then I was supposed to do another show with um, Molly Hatchet and Zebra that has literally been postponed and rescheduled four or five times in the last 18 months. Um, I'm supposed to go to Canada, but I don't know how that's going to happen because yeah. they're still under a two-week quarantine thing. Yep. So, um, I, I, I'm kind of whatever. So I'm just focusing on this, getting my book together um, and keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. Right on. Right on. You, are you working on any other new tunes to go along with it? I have a bunch, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still working on, I'm working on stuff every day. Like when I get done with this, I'm going to get something to eat. Um, and then I've got this new song that, um, I'm trying to record, my son's going to record some drums for me, like live drums yeah. instead of the drum machine that I have. Yep. Um, we're going to record that this weekend and I want to try and knock it out. Cause I really want this song to be the next one that comes out. Cool. Um, but I've, I've got others that are already done, you, but you, I, can you, can you tease I, me with some inspiration? Like what, uh, what you're drawing on for this one? Life. Okay. All right. That's fair everything like um you know i've i've got a song that like it was totally inspired by um just we're being inundated with bad news every fucking day of the week so and my biggest thing is i don't give a shit who you voted for i don't give a shit if you believe in the vaccine or you don't believe in it you know just be nice to somebody that disagrees with you. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be an asshole to disagree. Yeah, it's a lost art. <laughs> and I think we've gotten we've gotten so far beyond being an asshole that it's it's just ridiculous to me. So I wrote a song about it, and you know that'll be coming out. It's um, I'm I'm just excited about everything. You know awesome. what I mean? I'm, I'm writing about love. I'm writing about life. I'm writing about people treating each other like shit. I'm writing about being happy, uh, whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, Hey man, I, I hope to see you around here at some point again, too. It's been a few years. Um, I caught you at, uh, um, bronze. You remember bronze? Is that place still open? I got to call Ray. I love that place. Give me a shout. That, that, no, it's not open as bronze anymore. Um, I feel like they're, they're right in the middle of reopening the, the venue there as something else, but he hasn't been running it for a few now, the years. Indoor, the indoor bar or the outdoor The venue? outdoor one. The indoor one I don't think is open at all. Um, I think that's been shut for a couple of years now, unfortunately, because I love that. That was, such a, that was such a cool venue. And I don't know what he called them. But he did these little rib things. Um, the hog wings. Thank you. Dude, I, he, he's like, hey, man, you want some hog wings? And I go, hog wings? What the fuck is a hog wing? Hold on a minute. And you know, you know Ray. I mean, yep. he's a fucking wall of a man. <laughs> a minute. And he comes back with this lump of fucking meat. And I bit, I'm like, 
holy shit. And so I, I was up there like three or four times and I wouldn't even have to tell him. I'd like walk in the door and go, Ray. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's like hog wings. I, I love that place, man. It was, it was so cool. Quaint little, quaint little. Oh, man. I sat there many a nights. I remember, I think the last time I was there, I got in the night before my gig and, um, his wife took me to the bar to say hi to everybody. And Ray and I sat there, we started doing shots and then sat there and played darts till five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was awesome. That was great, man. One, one of the best, most intimate shows ever was uh, you just jamming on an acoustic guitar. I loved it there. Mm. It was great. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's uh, what's a good fit now, but I, I hope to see you around town at some point in the near future or the future or whatever. I would love to come up there. I would love to get up into that neck of the woods and, and say hi to everybody. And um, I know you guys, I'm I'm uh, I'm quietly watching um, Sean McDermott, your uh, Buffalo yeah. coach. He came from Philadelphia Eagles land. Okay. I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan, Yep, and I've been quietly watching the progress that Buffalo's making. I'm, I'm wishing the best for you guys this season. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a kind of a football junkie as well. All right. And uh, I think you guys did amazing things last year, and I can't wait to see what they do this oh, year. Oh, God. Awesome. Yeah. You and me both. It'll be nice to watch more football uh, after the new year <laughs> again. It was a lot of fun What's last the, year. Is it the Bills Mafia or the Buffalo yep. Mafia? Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia. You got it. Good luck, kids. Woo! <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love catching up, and I can't wait to see what you do. I can't wait to see what's coming down the pipe. There's some – you know, it's funny. Like, my – you know, and she's probably biased a little bit, but my wife has really been kind of, you know, in the distance watching what I'm doing in this room. And, you know, I'll write my lyrics and I'll go, and, hey, what do you think of this? You know, and she, she's like, she's like, dude, I'm, you know what? I'm a, the fact that you've learned to do the Pro Tools thing you're not depending on anybody anymore. You're doing your own thing. She goes, but fuck, even the music you're doing is the lyrics are fucking awesome. Um, so she's, she's been very supportive and really just kind of, you know, quietly, quietly stroking my ego. Like, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm, I'm really excited for everybody to hear this stuff. I, I really do even believe to a degree that these are some of the coolest lyrics I've written ever. Awesome. Um, you know, contrary to some band members that feel like I wasn't, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, Hey, Don't I got it. it. Believe Let's me. I've read yeah. everything there is to read. <laughs> Back in the can. All right. Are we cool. are we gonna get some of that in your book though, John? I mean, what are, what are we gonna hit on there? Um, you know what? Everything, man. Like, you know, again, the thing with my career is well, first of all, it touches on it goes through my childhood. Um, talks a little bit about the Uncle Jack years. Um but it really kind of explains how 
um, perseverance. I, like I've done some things that I don't, I have no regrets over, but I've done some things that led to me with having these amazing peaks and these incredibly valleys, you know what I mean? Like yeah. opposites. And I've somehow managed to be, um, maybe like to people like yourself, you go, Oh, I'm really excited. Or, you know, you know who I am, but for the most part, I haven't quite gotten over that hump where I'm a household name like Vince Neal or Nikki six or, you know, whatever I yeah. like people go, Oh man, this new song by John Karabi. And they go, wait, who, who, right you know that guy that used to sing with Motley or, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've always been that guy that's just kind of just just floated through the crowded room unscathed. And, you know, and I'm still trying to write my Sgt. Peppers or my Rocks or my Led Zeppelin Four or my Queen Night at the Opera. Um, you know, so I've just been that guy. So there's some people that go, oh, man, you've been all these bands. It was just the cards that I was dealt. But I didn't get disappointed by it or I didn't I didn't give up. I'm still here 30 some years later and I'm still trying to be. I'm still trying to get over that hump. Yeah. Um, but I've also realized that. You know what, if it never happens at the end of the day, you just really need to be happy. You can mm -hmm. strive to get over the hump, but there's some people, you know, there's for every Motley crew, there's a million other guys that are unknown that are in their garage that are a thousand times more talented, but they just sure. weren't in the right place at the right time. The cards didn't play out for them. The stars didn't line up, whatever you want to call it. They didn't have any luck. So I may just be one of those guys, you know what I mean? That just never quite full, never fully gets over the hump. Yeah. You know, so. Well, that you know, I mean, th there's a lot of different ways you could measure that, I suppose. And, and, and being the guy, I, I guess your, your, your yardstick's more important than anybody else's. But I'll say, you know, when I look back and, and, and cause I do this just listening to music. You know, if I if I've got somebody that uh, that I'm into, or you know, at, for a particular time, I'm 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 really diving into somebody's catalog. Um, you got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of stuff that's that's great. You know, there's what's right behind me here. There's your crew record. There's the union stuff. There's what you did um, with Dead Daisies. There's 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 a lot of stuff out there. You got a good sized catalog to pick and, from. And and but I'm still, I you know. It's, it's weird. It's a double-edged sword. I'm still trying to get over the hump, but the one thing with Motley that, that made me realize, like, when I joined the band, I, I had a very charmed existence for like four or five years. Mm -hmm. It was when I got out of the band when I really kind of realized what life was all about. Because all those people that were inviting me to the parties and inviting me to the playboy mansion inviting me to do this and inviting me to do that they were all gone 
And I had a very, very small circle of friends that had been with me through the whole ride Mm -hmm. that were still there. And that's when I realized, I'm like, you know what? All this stuff is really kind of a facade. It's fake. It's, it's just, it, 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 and so I just started looking at things differently. You know what matters? Family. Yep. Do you know what matters? Not a lot of friends, not, you know, how many Facebook friends you have. It's how many real friends you have. The ones that'll sit there and go, crab, you're being a fucking jerk off. Stop it. And, and just working hard and producing. And then there's certain things you can control. And like even all the, you know, prior years when I was doing records, I would do the best that I could and I would give it to somebody at the record label and just pray that they would do their job the best that they could. Yeah. And after that, like once you hand that record over and let go of it, it's out of your control. Like you can fight and scream and kick and yell and, you know, but you got to hope that everybody at the label does their job. And then I hate to say it, and some people may not believe it, but I'm sorry, dude, this business, there's a lot of fucking luck involved. Yeah. Everything has to line up just perfectly for you to blossom and for you to connect. And, you know, so I just went, you know what? I've got a nice home. I've got a I've got my own little recording studio. I'm independent now. I've got the freedom to write and record and sing whatever I want. I've got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, beautiful grandkids. I've got a motor home that I travel around America in and do my juggling acoustic set. And I still got people like yourself that want to talk to me. That's great. Life is, life is good. Hey, man. That's it. Well, that's it. That's and it. I think and the Bills are going to be in the playoffs again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. It's been a long time, man. We were a lot closer to that first show back then. <laughs> before, uh, before now, it's been a long drought. Well, you know what? It was funny. I, I liked Sean McDermott when he was in Philly. And uh, he just came off as like this tough as nails, no bullshit, Irish, you know, whatever. And I loved what he did prior to when he left Philly, he went to Carolina and I loved what he did in Carolina. And now what he's doing in, in Buffalo is awesome. Awesome. You guys have a great defense. That kid, Josh Allen is, he's a stud. So hopefully he doesn't, he he has a very good, uh, you know, I guess it's year three, right? Yeah. Yep. He's... No steps backwards. Keep moving forward. No, I love it. Hey, come up for a game, man. Definitely. Definitely. It's been fun to watch. I hope it hey, keeps Hey, listen, I, I love you, dude, but you, you can't pay me to go to a fucking outdoor football stadium in Buffalo in the winter. In the winter? Maybe not. Maybe not. It's going to be hot this weekend. I'll be at bronze eating the fucking hog wings. All right. That sounds good to me. That sounds good to me. Awesome, cool. brother. Hey, John. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for your time. This was a blast. Um, Thank you, buddy. Really appreciate it. Hope you all the best. All the best to you. Um, you can't wait you, to see what's coming next. You too. And uh, please spread the word. Tell your 
tell your listeners, your readers, um, you know, it's great. Enjoy the streaming. Please don't forget to download and please don't forget to hit the follow buttons. You got it. Thanks awesome, so much, brother. John. Take care, Thank bud. You. See ya.